Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Doing good, doing good. So are you prepping for spring, summer? It's coming. I, I'm I'm hoping for spring. We got about an inch of ice last night, so it doesn't feel like spring will be here, but I know it's going to be here soon. <laughs> yes, the, those late, late winter storms. But yeah, spring's just around the corner, and I know we have some exciting topics uh, coming soon for all of our listeners. But today we're talking about something that, uh, you know, when we first decided to do it, I was like, okay, chromium. I'm thinking aluminum or, you know, some metal or something in in, in why are we going to talk about it? But it's actually a really interesting and and you said hot topic, right? In equine nutrition? Yes. So this is a nutrient you're going to see more and more discussion around. There's been a little bit of recent research and and that has some companies starting to add it to different feeds and supplements. And it, it's a little bit controversial. So I think we're going to talk about today kind of some of the times it might be good and other times maybe not so good. So definitely a deep dive today, uh, but one that I think a lot of horse owners will be interested in and it'll help them as they start to see this, you know, out there more decide if it is or is not a good fit for their particular horse. Absolutely. I, it, people are going to start seeing this pop up all over the place. So it, it, it's very worthwhile to, to listen through this podcast to understand what is it? What is chromium and, and where does it come from? Chromium is a trace mineral, and it is one that our last version of the NRC, so nutrient requirements of horses, it deemed it as being dietarily essential. However, there wasn't enough research at the time of publication to determine a minimum daily requirement. Also, they pointed out there's really no evidence of actual chromium deficiencies that have been identified in the horse, suggesting that there's probably enough chromium in the horse's base diet, thinking about what's coming from their forage and just those other natural ingredients in the diet to support their basic needs. However, as you know, our podcast listeners know, we're not just interested in minimums to prevent deficiencies because sometimes a higher amount brings you optimal health. So that kind of makes you think, is chromium something I need to look into? And what it specifically does in the body that we're really interested in is it helps the body utilize carbohydrates and fats. So these are our, our energy sources. So where we've really dialed in in horses is that chromium's job is to help facilitate insulin. And basically what it does is it helps insulin more effectively move glucose from the blood into storage, and it's going to be stored in your tissues, muscle, and fat. So essentially, chromium makes insulin a little bit better at its job, and we know it's important to keep blood glucose and blood insulin levels in a pretty tight range for optimal horse health. So when you, you when you say insulin, that that is definitely something in the last uh, couple decades in equine nutrition that we've we've had a huge interest in, and and we've seen impacts on our horses, especially you know with the metabolic disorders. So it's interesting that we found a nutrient that that has a big impact, right? So I guess one of my questions is, since chromium is helping to regulate insulin, what happens when insulin? isn't regulated, you know, how does that impact the horse? 
Great question. And we can link some other podcasts that we've talked really more specifically about insulin dysregulation, equine metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, kind of all words that are under the same umbrella. But what insulin does is it helps maintain that blood glucose. So after your horse eats a meal, the pancreas secretes insulin to move that glucose out of the blood because we want that extra glucose to be put into storage. A normal and needed function but it doesn't always work correctly. We know that when insulin builds up in the blood, the horse's risk of experiencing laminitis goes up significantly. And laminitis is inflammation inside the hoof. It's a very, very painful condition in the horse. And it could even lead to life-threatening complications. So it's something that we definitely want to avoid. You, If you're not familiar with the term laminitis, you've probably heard it talked about as founder before multiple different reasons this can happen. Insulin not being managed correctly is one of those. Okay. So we understand chromium is important with insulin regulation, which which is really interesting. So what research is out there or do we have any research out there that, that it can improve the health of our horses or the improve regulation of insulin? It's a good question. A couple different topics within that question. To start with, there's lots of different sources of chromium. So if you look in the research, you're going to find different types of chromium. The two that are really applicable to horses today are chromium propionate. This is the only source of chromium approved for use in horse feeds by the Association of American Feed Control Officials, so AFCO, and also the FDA. And it's approved at a very specific rate, which is four milligrams per horse per day. There's also chromium yeast. This is found in some supplements, but it does not have approval for use in complete feeds. So if you see chromium advertised in a bag of feed that you take a scoop from, it's going to be chromium propionate. So the research on chromium propionate, it was done in healthy horses, so not ones with insulin resistance. And please remind me to come back to this point later. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. done in healthy horses. And It's pretty typical design where you feed graduated levels of chromium and then you measure multiple things. So this study fed chromium propionate at 0, 2, 4, and 8 milligrams per head per day to these healthy horses. And compared to the control, they found what we would call a curvilinear response. So the control is 0 you had a little bit better insulin sensitivity at two milligrams, maximum improvement in insulin sensitivity at four milligrams per day. But interestingly enough, when you go out to eight milligrams per day, it wasn't different than the control. So for some reason, horses improved up to a certain point, but if you had more chromium propionate supplement added on top of that, you actually reduced back to control levels. So you get no benefit at all biologically from higher Mm -hmm. levels. And then you have the question, does it get worse or does it flatline? Like if I fed Mm -hmm. 16 milligrams of chromium, what would happen? I I would love to know. We We don't have the research to tell us, but that's something, you know, you wonder with that curvilinear type response, does it just go down to baseline Or does insulin sensitivity decrease with higher levels? Now, the good news is when they fed up to the 8 milligrams of chromium, 
you know, serum chemistry measures, which is one of our safety measures, it wasn't worse than those horses on two or four, but it's really not clear why insulin sensitivity is poor at eight milligrams compared to that two or four. And, you know, we certainly wouldn't feed more than eight milligrams chromium propionate based on the information today. And then because of that data, that's where the FDA and AFCO only approved it for one specific feeding rate, which also gets tricky when we're thinking about feed formulation. Mm. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And I, and I guarantee you there's studies ongoing right now. You know, I, I just know all my, my old colleagues there <laughs> doing all the research on chromium because I'm sure the, the, the interest is so high. But for what we do know, and knowing just physiology and, and nutrition, but is chromium appropriate for all horses? You mentioned insulin sensitivity, but I was thinking of uh, other types too. So the research available today, and like you said, it's ongoing. This is a little bit a point of kind of sometimes we jump too soon. The research mm-hmm. available today that has people starting to get excited suggests that at certain feeding rates, chromium propionate can improve insulin sensitivity in healthy horses. However, for the most part, we're not overly worried about improving chromium sensitivity in healthy horses. We're interested in improving chromium sensitivity in horses who have insulin resistance. So horses with insulin resistance, for various reasons, don't respond appropriately to normal amounts of sugars in their diet. And there's a couple different things that can happen. So a horse who has peripheral insulin insensitivity, when they eat a meal, the pancreas secretes normal amounts of insulin. And then at the storage site, that transporter that moves the glucose from the blood into the muscle, it's just not responsive. The insulin is there knocking on the door and it's just not opening it. So the body secretes more insulin. It would be very interesting to know because we know chromium helps with that opening of the door. We don't know if it does that in unhealthy insulin insensitive horses the same way it does in healthy horses. Because remember that mechanism's broken. So you don't necessarily know that a broken mechanism would respond the same way to chromium that a healthy mechanism would by helping open that door. It's also important to remember that peripheral insulin insensitivity is just one reason horses end up with too much insulin in their blood. So originally we talked about just insulin resistance. Now we call it insulin dysregulation because we know that peripheral insulin insensitivity or insulin resistance is just one way things go wrong. You know, some horses secrete normal amounts of insulin and that insulin moves the glucose into the muscle or fat appropriately, but then the liver doesn't take away the insulin once you're done using it, so it just kind of builds up in the blood, so that clearance doesn't happen. In other horses, again, the transporters respond appropriately to insulin, but the pancreas overproduces insulin because of some other hormones that are more at the gut level that aren't balanced appropriately, so they get this inappropriate insulin response. So what I would like to see, if I could wave a magic wand, is research today on horses with peripheral insulin insensitivity on how they respond to chromium. 
Do they respond at all? Do they need different levels? We just don't know. Now, the only hint we have about that is from some research in chromium yeast. So remember, I had mentioned that was another source. Chromium yeast to date has not been shown to work in insulin resistant horses. So we don't know on chromium propionate, but the hint we have from chromium yeast says that it may not work. We can't say that until we test it, but it may be jumping the gun to go ahead and feed chromium propionate to insulin resistant horses based on the information we have today. There's just a lot of questions we don't know. Well, and it, it, it is very complex. It, it is complex. And when, especially with insulin, insulin re- regulation in horses, metabolic issues, other disease issues, uh, problem with that. But I did want to ask you, since you brought it up, and I'll ask it here, and then I, I, I want to come back to supplementing chromium in, in PSSM horses. But what is mm. chromium yeast? You, you see it, you see companies pushing it now, right? So what is it? And, and do we have any data supporting? Uh, you, you didn't mention it, but I guess, what is it? <laughs> sure. So when we talk about different sources, it's basically a chromium, which is a trace mineral, and it's what it's attached to. So in the case of chromium propionate, you have a chromium attached to a propionate, chromium yeast would be a chromium attached to the yeast. And what we know from other nutrients is kind of what you attach a trace mineral to really impacts the way the body uses it. So that's why the information is not interchangeable. So we can't take information from chromium propionate and assume the body responds the same way to chromium yeast. But like I said, it it is a bit of a hint that the chromium yeast research that was done in insulin-resistant horses didn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other information, you know, there's some research done on chromium yeast on impact of exercise recovery. It's been variable. Uh, So in some studies, it improved things a little bit. In some studies, it didn't do anything. Um, Overall, uh, there's not a ton of research out there on either source to really tell us exactly how a wide range of horses would respond to it. Now, is, I mean, I guess overall, is chromium suppl- supplementation appropriate for all horses? The one I, I see they advise, or I guess you could address it, is PSSM horses. Why wouldn't we want to feed chromium to, the, to them? Perfect question. And this is something that, this is something I see being a big issue. There are a lot of horses with PSSM type one. Um, we're going to go ahead and just deep dive into that next week. So this is kind of a, yes, yes. a brief... <laughs> intro, but there are a lot of horses with this genetic disorder. And if you add chromium to a base product, say a calm and easy, it could be good for some of the horses fed calm and easy. However, the way that we feed horses with PSSM type one is low NSC. So the exact same type of products you'd feed an insulin resistant horse, you'd feed to horse with PSSM type one. And the genetic disorder that causes PSSM type one it essentially makes the body hyperactive and super sensitive to insulin. So it results in this constant production of glycogen. So these horses, even though they need low NSC diets, insulin works too well in them. And they store it in a form of glycogen the body can't easily get out. 
And then when they exercise, they basically have this energy crisis and they tie up, they have muscle soreness. I mean, essentially you have muscles that don't have any energy to do their job. So if we were to feed these horses chromium, we know insulin already works too well in their body that would further compound the issue most likely. So I would definitely not say that chromium is appropriate for all horses. I would say it appears to be appropriate for healthy horses. We have very nice research supporting that. Maybe it will work in horses with certain types of insulin dysregulation, but I as a nutritionist would feel a lot more comfortable with more data to tell me how much So does it work and exactly what feeding rate? Just thinking back to that curvilinear response, because we know there are some interesting things with the amount that go in the diet. And then there are definitely horses, and this is, you know, a fairly large disease in our stock breed type horses. There's a pretty high prevalence of PSSM type 1 and also our draft horses where chromium simply would not be appropriate. So ultimately, as I'm thinking about chromium, If we're going to feed it, we need to make sure we're doing it in a product that's not a variable fed rate. So it can't be a product like Calm and Easy where I can feed anywhere from 4 to 12 pounds a day because how do you get that sweet spot of supplementation in there? And then you have to be really mindful if it is appropriate for the type of horse you have. You know, I'd ultimately say always err on the side of do no harm. So... There are a lot of things you can add to the diet that as a nutritionist, I would tell you, you know what, you're probably just making expensive urine, but you're not going to hurt your horse. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some some questions in certain types of horses of chromium that I think we need to answer before we can more broadly put it in that do no harm category of supplementation. Right. Well, you mentioned uh, some of the tribute feeds. So is chromium in there? No. So we don't use supplemental chromium in any of our feeds today, but I'm just saying if I were to formulate a feed to put it in there, I couldn't put it in a product that had a variable fed rate. And most of your products have variable fed rates. The other thing to realize is there are some products out there doing that. So you're probably not getting maximum response with a lot of these products unless you're hitting the sweet spot of that four milligrams per day. Um, That's also not how it's actually approved for use. So if you looked it up in AFCO, it specifically says only approved at four milligrams per day. And it's because of what I talked about with the research. So I do see a lot of products out there today that aren't necessarily incorporating chromium uh, in a way that's maybe most beneficial for their customers. And it's not in line with the regulatory statute on right. chromium. Right. So you really don't want it added in feeds. You basically, so I guess my final question would be, how do we feed it? Or how would you suggest feeding it to our horses? And, and obviously four milligrams per day is, is the magic number, right? Correct. Yep. In a healthy horse, four milligrams per day is the magic number. So if I were to use it today, and I don't necessarily know that in a lot of healthy horses, I'm wildly concerned about it. Um, I do see some situations where it could be useful. Uh, I would be looking at a top dress type product that would make the most sense to me. Or I would confirm with the company whose product that I was using that it was in a variable rate product say it's a complete feed, 
call them and find out how many milligrams per pound of chromium are in this product, and then figure out if that is how you can use that product. So if it'd be the appropriate amount of calories and other things for your horse. Um, but it's, it's very challenging to hit the sweet spot on anything other than a top dress. Well, it'll be interesting to see what the, the research, you know, says in the coming years, because I, I guarantee you it's ongoing right now. So uh, be excited to see what, what we find. Yeah, absolutely. This is definitely a topic that, you know, I look forward to more research and I'm certainly going to keep a close eye on as a nutritionist mm-hmm, because I mm-hmm. think it's it's fascinating and I look forward to there being more information so that we can, you know, make this a technology we can potentially incorporate, but make sure we do it right. Well, I think we'll leave it there today, Nicole. It, it, it is, it, it's always fun to, to hear about these new issues with, with equine nutrition and, it, and I think it just demonstrates to the listeners, how advanced we are getting, uh, where again, like, you know, we, I always make fun of myself, you know, growing up, uh, doing graduate school and we were feeding just crimped corn. <laughs> it's just back in the day. I still <laughs> laugh at it. Oh, I can remember shoveling buckets full, just dumping it for the mares. Here you go. <laughs> just, oh, I would die doing that today. But it, it is interesting that that you know these these fine nutrients uh, are really drilling down and finding out what they do and and how to make horses' lives better. So, thank you for what you do. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you for the five star reviews on iTunes. Keep those topics and suggestions coming on Facebook. And always remember, if you have any concerns about what you're feeding your horse, reach out to the tribute team for a free consultation. But thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Chris.